Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, it's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's head to our celebrity line. We're joined by Chris Kerber, voice of the blues here on 101 ESPN. What's up, Kerbs? Anthony, how are you guys? Doing great. So, Kerbs, we were chatting earlier about JR's fantastic piece on Colton Pareko at The Athletic, and Colton talked about, you know, what his focus is, talked about the fans talked about the perception of him and what went wrong last year. What was your biggest takeaway from JR's? piece on Colton Pareko? Uh, you know what? I, I think my biggest takeaway was I think Colton's kind of he's at peace with where he is as a player and what he needs to do. And I kind of got a very veteran calm and veteran sense to his responses where he understands what his role with the team is. He understands his, um, you know, his contract situation and where he wants to be. And he'll do it. Now, I think if you talk to Colton privately and he opens up to you, I think he'd tell you that he he thinks he could do more on the ice um, and, and, you know, and probably wouldn't mind some of that offensive zone candy or power play time. But he's such an ultimate team guy, and I think that's something that cannot be overlooked if you're a fan, and that's one of the reasons that he's got such great value, that you know he's willing to do whatever he needs to do to help the team. Curbs, I brought it up earlier, and um, you know, I think a lot of Blues fans don't realize sometimes how hard the job is for Colton Pareko. And you just touched upon, you know, some of that candy of getting the offensive zone faceoff or power play time. When you look at his numbers, I mean, it was defensive zone faceoff after defensive zone faceoff. That's tough for a guy to create offensively, and it's also one of those things where if you're not on the highlight reel, that's probably a good thing because you did your job. But if you are, everybody focuses on the fact that, boy, you got walked by McDavid or McKinnon or the backdoor tap-in. That's a tough spot for a guy to be in. Listen, and, well, not only that, but he's doing that getting you close to 30 points a season. Okay, now, is 30 points the 100 points that uh, that Carlson put up? No. But Carlson put up 100 points and was a minus player. I mean, that's I, that's why I have a problem with the way the Norris Trophy was done the, the past year. Like, you know, listen, Eric Carlson is a hell of a defenseman, right? And and maybe if the coaches used him in it as a penalty killer, he'd great. But he's won three Norris Trophies, and in every one of those years, basically has done no penalty killing. Now, how does the defenseman in the league, right, not be killer? It, it, it's foolish to me. And I say that because I look at I look at Colton, and I look at where he's at, and we're averaging three. Uh, well, they lost anybody last year, right? Like you got to go two hundred feet, and frankly, a lot of the time, you know, when you're out there and you're in those defensive situations, like you said, Jamie, you're playing against the best players, typically the other team, because they like very rarely are they putting the fourth liners out for those offensive zone things off against you. 
right? And then you got to go 200 feet. And frankly, sometimes you're not out on the ice with your top offensive players. Curbs, I know we talked to, talked a little bit about this last week about the the captain and whether or not the Blues should name a captain. And you were very passionate about it. Jamie was very passionate about that they they should be a captain. And I thought you brought up a great anecdote about uh, Braden Shen and how that he's kind of the epitome of a captain. Do you anticipate him being named the captain? You know what I I do, but here's what I think. Here's what I think is hap- is going to happen there. I think Doug Armstrong, knowing him, is going to really be. He's going to do his homework. He's going to reach out to other players. He's going to reach out to, to some former players that he trusts. Now, one thing to keep in mind, Doug Armstrong was a part of the transitioning to Brendan Morrow as captain in Dallas, right? When they went from Mike Madonna to Brendan Morrow. And whether they should have gone to Brendan Morrow at that time, whether there should have been co-captains. Doug's one of these guys that relies upon those experiences and those histories that he's had, Right. And he's been through other captain situations, obviously, here in St. Louis. You know, when, with the naming of David Backus, with the naming of Alex Petrangelo. You know, do you, should you have named Barrett Jackman captain? You know, and one of the reasons Barrett Jackman was not named captain was because, well, his contract situation, he was up in a year, which was a weird one for me. I always felt he should have been one. Same thing with Alexander Steen. I felt he should have been one. So it's something that Doug Armstrong takes very seriously. So the one challenge that... I think Doug is going to really consider here is he knows where he wants this team to be three or four years from now, and he sees who he believes should be the leaders of that team. What he does not want to do is stunt that growth at all by naming someone captain that could prevent maybe some of those younger voices from getting hurt. My stance on this is I think that is still Braden Shen that should be your captain because he's one that's going to bring some of those younger voices along. And you talk to the captain, and you make him you make him part of that. And you say, look, this is what we want you to do as part of your role as captain here. And so I still sit in the camp that I believe that the Blues should name one captain. I still believe that it should be Braden Shen. I could see Doug Armstrong, after some of his past experiences, going with a co-captain situation, um, you know, or deciding to just wait and see. But uh, I still, even, even looking at that situation and handicapping it, I'm still sticking with Braden Shen as uh, my leader in the clubhouse, at least in terms of if, if it were up to me. Yeah, I agree 100% with you, Curbs. Hey, uh, another article that came out in The Athletic over the last week is our good buddy Dom over there, who Blues fans think he has a personal vendetta against the Blues, which he doesn't. Uh, but he, he had ranked the you know the front office, basically, of every team in the NHL, and he had the Blues at 21st in the NHL. I disagreed with him, Curbs. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to give Army a top five spot here, maybe even a top ten, because there's been some things that have happened over the course of the last four or five years. But I had them somewhere between 12 and 15 in the NHL. I'm curious to get your thoughts on, you know, where do you think the Blues should rank and if you agreed with that ranking or not. Uh, I very rarely agree with Dom Wasish. Right? <laughs> you okay. and me both. All right, and, and, and I do have to give him credit. Like, I thought he was full of you-know-what last year, and the Blues actually finished worse than even he predicted. Uh, but having said that, no, Doug Armstrong's front office is a top-ten front office in the National Hockey League. I do think what maybe pulls him out of the top five is you, you. I think it is fair to question whether or not he was aggressive enough and risk-taking enough to keep that that some of that cup core together longer. Take some guys into their early 30s, you know, and see how much longer you could keep that window going. So 
I think that's a fair question. But when you consider the fact that they've only missed the playoffs twice since then, he's one of the winningest general managers. The Blues have had, what, the, the, the third most points of any team in the league, you know, since Doug Armstrong took over as general manager. You consider the fact that you look at some of the young prospects they have coming, and that is all while picking 20th, 21st, 26th. I mean, the crazy thing about where the St. Louis Blues are, right, is until this year, the highest pick they had had, you got to go back to 2010 when they took Jaden Schwartz at 14th. All right? So don't give me any, like, for Dom decision to put any team like the Edmonton Oilers, uh, anyone, any one of these teams, the Buffalo Sabres, that, that, that have missed the playoffs as many times as they have with as many top 10 picks as they had would be absolutely insane. So, no, I, I, I don't do that. Plus, Don liked it, and, and, frankly, and frankly, Jeremy did this in, with his article on Pareko, too. And, and I'll tell you what, like, somebody please take the expected goal oh, analytic and go wipe a baby's dirty rear end with it. Twice. Like, <laughs> like seriously. Here's the deal with expected goals. I'm, I'm on a rant, there, guys, so sorry about this. <laughs> go. go for it. Like, like, expected goals going in is like the weatherman predicting the weather, okay? And I've talked to goalie coaches and other people in the game about that stat. The expected goal stat that matters is not the ones that happen before the game or comparisons on, you know, expected goals against when he's on the ice. It's the expected goal stat that matters is the one that after the game, they look at game situations that have come up and then how those game situations were handled. And then even though those are based on, on decades now worth of analysis saying 50% of goals are scored when the puck is in that situation, 30%, that kind of stuff. And then they'll base goaltender statistics off that. That's what goalie coaches and stuff work over. Most of these others, like your expected goals going into a game, could be one of the absolute dumbest stats I've, I mean, I've ever possibly seen. Uh, you don't know if a guy gets hurt in the first period, and so then you're still going to play that stat out to the end. So I just, I, I'm not anti-analytic in any way. I actually believe in analytics that, that they can help you. I think you get organizations like the Cardinals that go too far with them and then try to manage with them. That doesn't work. And then you get certain stats like expected goals in the, on, the, on the hockey side that don't tell you really much of the story. So, um, you know, it's good It's good arguments for fodder, but I guarantee you that if you asked every general manager in the National Hockey League to rank the general managers in front offices, I'm going to bet you that probably 31 out of the 31 have Doug Armstrong, if not in the top five, somewhere in the top ten. Well said, Curbs. Great stuff. Appreciate you. Have a great rest of your week and a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, my apologies for Verizon Wireless at 141 in front of the schoolboys. <laughs> no, good, you're good. I, no, no problem. I know where, I had nowhere to go. We're actually going down. USA Hockey is in town right now uh, doing sites uh, to check in on the St. Louis uh, bid for the 2026 World Junior Championship. So a big night here for the USA Hockey folks in town. Oh, nice. Excellent. Well, enjoy it. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. You too.